Hello, and welcome to Outnumbered the Podcast. I'm Audrey. And I'm Bonnie. We are experienced moms to a combined total of 19 children. In our weekly episodes, we explore relatable topics using our perspectives of humor and chaos. Tune in for advice and encouragement to gain more joy in your parenting journey. Welcome back, everybody. We are ready to talk to you about another topic today in our marriage series. So we've talked a lot about how to help kids navigate technology, but we think it's pretty important to talk about this topic in the context of marriage as well. So that is our topic today, marriage, navigating technology in your marriage. Yeah, absolutely. Two things that are very important to us for vastly different reasons, obviously, but technology is a huge part of our life today and uh, hopefully our spouses as well. And we want to figure out how to navigate them together, right? Okay. So I wanted to share a humor segment with you guys today. Um, A while ago, my daughter, we're technically not um, YouTube watchers around here as far as children go, only for like, you know, experiments or something fun we're watching together. But my daughter had kind of snuck off and watched some dumb videos by herself. And a couple of them were like pranks to pull. And uh, then she came up to me came up to me and held her hand and went, mom, ow, ow. And I looked down and she has a thumb in what looks like covered in what looks like is blood and a needle through it. And I immediately panic. Right. And then I'm thinking, why is she not panicking? Why is she not crying? And I look closer and it's totally fake. She she followed this thing. She's seven, you guys. It was hilarious. She followed this thing to a T. I couldn't even be mad that she was watching YouTube without permission. She takes a safety pin and she cuts into it. I don't even know how she did this. Probably ruined some sewing scissors somewhere. And <laughs> and puts the hole in the metal around her thumb. And then you're supposed to squirt it with ketchup. It looked like blood, but she tells me, I had to use hot sauce for the blood, mom. We were out of ketchup. <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah, the blood did look a little watered down, a little orange. It was so well done. I thought, wow, bravo. <laughs> Prankster in the making. <laughs> so cute. Uh, I actually have had to deal with a kid with a needle through the finger oh, situation. Me too, actually. And I've had to deal with many of my own, which you probably have as well. Super fun. No, I haven't actually sewn <gasps> my own finger. What? Well, get to sewing. Your time is coming. <laughs> or maybe you're just a lot more coordinated than I am. Oh, the first time I sewed with my serger, though, I I sewed right over. I didn't realize the blade would cut the in it. I sewed first seam with a serger, and I cut through pins. Oh, I cut that. I cut the end of my fingernail and a little part of my finger off once because I put my finger right up in there. Super smart. (laughs) I'm a quick one. Speaking of not very smart things to do, we are going to be talking about navigating technology in your marriage. And since there are so many um, ways that technology can be used for good in a relationship, like you can you can look for it and you can find it, um, we're mostly going to talk about things to watch out for with technology and relationships. And we'll touch on some of the good too, because we, we found ways to use that. We've got a bunch of tips for you guys and then just some general thoughts. And um, just like we talked about in our episode on helping kids navigate technology, we're the first generation married with technology, with a phone in our pocket, like that Mm -hmm. available. So we're like, we haven't had our parents tell us how to navigate this kind of situation. And so we've got to figure some things out 
And then hopefully we can pass on these lessons to the next generation so they don't have so many of the same issues that some of us and our colleagues have run into. I know. Yay for us, right? This glorious <laughs> generation of guinea pigs where we don't know what we're doing. We're just trying to figure it out as we go. I was just thinking about the last 20 years. What has happened in technology? I mean, we think we think the last 50 to 100 years has been big. What about the last 20 years? We went from, I mean, gosh, I guess there were sort of cell phones, but they weren't great. And um, people still had corded phones. And we were just watching a TV show that came out in 2001, and they were still using cordless phones at the workplace to call each other, which we thought was cute. They'd stick them in their back pocket and walk around the office. <laughs> anyway, so, so much um, progress in technology, but it means that a lot of things coming at us that can negatively impact our relationship. Like you said, positively as well, but we're going to focus on some of the negative so that we um, can watch out for it. Sometimes we get really casual, not sometimes, probably most of the time we are very casual about our screen and device usage because it is such a part of our everyday lives now, right? We can't even imagine a life without a smartphone in our pocket. And it is very easy to forget just how easy they can distract us from real people and the the connecting with humans outside of our screens. Yeah. Yeah. We have opportunities to connect with people in ways that we never could before because we were separated by distance. Now, I bet every single person listening to this has heard or has had their life touched by somebody who found somebody else on Facebook and resumed an old relationship and destroyed another one because of it. Whereas that could not have happened in the past because of just being separated by distance and that could not happen. So there's opportunities out there for connecting with people you know, friends or people you've never met before that can be your friends. And um, it's it's a whole um, minefield path that we have to navigate. And it's it's something new and we call it an opportunity, but maybe we should be calling it a, I don't know, what's the word that's opposite of opportunity? I think it's an opportunity cost, honestly. There are um, some amazing opportunities, but there's a cost involved. Yeah. You know, think about, I have a friend who um, found her husband on the internet and they got married just a few years after me. And I remember when she, when she decided to marry him, we thought, oh, this is still a little weird for us. You know, <laughs> it's like 15, 16 years ago. Um, but now- Oh, totally normal. It's actually a little weird to meet someone in person first and <laughs> end up together, right? You meet online or friends of a friend online or something. So um, yeah, it's it's just this new normal. Okay, so let's move on to the concept of um, priorities, right? So Stephen Covey has a really cool chart that he um, shares in a couple of his uh, seven habits books. And, um, I think he calls them his four quadrants and they, um, involve two columns. One is urgent and one is not urgent. And then two rows, one is important and one is not important. Obviously when something is urgent and important, then that's an essential place to spend some time, right? Like for example, a kid cuts off a finger that's urgent and important, you know, stop what you're doing, go to the hospital, right? Something that's not urgent, but is important tends to get um, left by the wayside sometimes, like deepening family relationships versus something that is not important and urgent. So if this is sounding confusing, I, I highly recommend you just Google Stephen Covey's four quadrants. You will see how it's all laid out. But the important thing to remember is that the important things are not always urgent, but they must be kept at the forefront of our priorities or, or other things will fill their place. 
Yeah. You know, um, cell phones, devices are set up so that they are intended to be urgent. <laughs> mm-hmm. you, you get that little ding, that little notification. We're just like Pavlov's dog. You know, we hear the <laughs> ding, we start drooling. <laughs> we hear the little text message, we pick up our phone, right? Even mm-hmm. if we're in a conversation with a real person and it's, you know, whatever, it's like, oh, oh, you know, like even your eyes, you know, like maybe you don't pick up the phone, but you hear the ding and oh, there goes your eyes, right? There mm-hmm. goes your attention. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. urgent. It's set up to be urgent. It wants, it's like a little child that wants your attention. And with your little child, you'd be like, be quiet. We're having a serious conversation. We'll talk to you when we're done. But with the phone, we're like, uh, what was that? What was that? Right. And now we have it like on our watches. So like we can even sort of, you know, like glance at your watch, you know, or whatever. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so that's just an example of that urgent versus important really. Okay. And as we mentioned, there are also opportunities for connection with your spouse in a positive way. Just depends on how you use it. So technology is in our world. They're not going away anytime soon. And so we can use it to connect with our spouse in a meaningful way. In fact, if you're not, if you're using a device and you're not using it to connect with your spouse in a new way or a different way, like why not? (laughs) Um, because it's there and you use it all the time. So can you use it to, to, um, connect with your spouse? One thing that, um, we do is we have an app where we can see where each other is and our family. And it's like, we got it so that we can see our kids that are out driving. If they should need help, we can go right to them, that kind of thing. And like, there's this, you can on there, you can see where someone is and you can like heart their location or something like, so, um, I can know where my husband is at all times. And, like that can be used like to, oh, what's he doing there? What, you know, like a, like a spying thing or like a suspicious thing, <laughs> or it can be used like, a, oh my goodness, he's at the grocery store. He's getting groceries for me. That is so sweet. Uh, you know, like a, like a closeness, there's a connection to him, um, even when he's not there. And so like everything out there on a device can be used to connect or to you know, it's so another thing for us is that like my husband and I text, but we, he knows that the kids read all my text messages. So like if we're sending each other sort of, you know, personal private messages, we have to kind of put it in code. And that's like part of the game as well. You know, so like we, we are using technology to kind of connect in a, in a different way than we do with anybody else because it's there and because we use it. Yeah. I love that. I love that. I know my darn kids read my text too. And I'm like, excuse me, what if I want to text your father something cutesy that you do not need to read? (laughs) Honestly. Um, yeah. So many opportunities to help relationships and build them up. But like you said, so many opportunities to disconnect as well, for sure. So technology is arguably the most powerful tool available to us on the earth. I believe, um, it seems a little bit benign, you know, it's just this little black box sitting there without power. It does nothing. It's just a paperweight, you know? Um, but with power brought to it and the internet, there's almost nothing we can't do with it. Um, I believe that it is a, an amazing tool that was inspired by God to help us connect with each other and help us spread goodness. But just like any tool, it can be used, um, for good and for bad. So we get to decide, we get to decide and not just alone, but with our spouse and with our families, the best way to make it work for our relationships. Yeah, and I have a question for us to ask ourselves. What would we be doing together with our spouse if we weren't on a device? Mm. So like if you're, 
Um, so even let's say you, you've decided that one of the things that's allowable in your relationship with your spouse is just hanging out in a room together and being on a device together. Like he's on his device, you're on yours and you're together. But like, just to put it in per- into perspective, what would you be doing? What would you be talking about if you weren't on a device together? So like we think, oh, it's okay. We're together, but still like it's the mental that's like separated or something. So just, just throwing that question out there. Like it's a good one maybe to ask ourselves often. Like, what would I be doing right now with my spouse or for my spouse or, you know, whatever, if I wasn't, if, if this technology didn't exist. Yeah. I like that thought. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with being together and doing your own thing, right? You could both be reading a book, separate books, or both be working on a hobby in the same room or something, but technology is so addictive and sucks you in so quickly that it's very easy to let hours go by and just completely ignore another person who's important to you in your life because your brain is just being so sucked into whatever you've got up on the screen. So I love that. Okay. So our number one tip for uh, navigating technology in a marriage is to talk about it, set up some expectations. And we might even say some rules or guidelines. Um, our relationship had rules and guidelines before technology was ever an issue. I mean, we didn't have smartphones when we first got married. Um, you know, things like one of our rules, uh, is we don't get in cars with a member of the opposite sex alone. Right. So I wouldn't go get a ride Let's say I went to work, I wouldn't go get a ride to work with a male coworker. That's just one thing that we've talked about. So you should have these same guidelines surrounding technology um, and you get to decide what those are. But if you have a nice, peaceful conversation where there's nothing divisive that's coming up, it's just a very benign conversation. You can talk about this without any feelings being hurt or emotions or, you know, you don't want to cast blame. You just want to come to an agreement on what um, your technology usage looks like. Yeah. Okay. So now how does this work? Because all of us have already had devices. I bet everybody listening has a device and their spouse has a device. So like, how does this work? You're already in a relationship. Maybe you don't have any rules, guidelines, boundaries set up and you wish you did. Just start small. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like don't, don't create a big list because there is this huge addictive um, element of devices. You're not going to be able most likely to set up and complete a huge list of rules and guidelines and make huge changes. So just, just start a little bit, just, just start with a little bit. Um, if you're, if you're not there, if you don't have those rules or guidelines or boundaries set up already and whatever you do, talk about it, talk about it because you can be over there resenting your spouse's usage and they not know anything about it. Like Mm -hmm. how would they know? We have a whole episode on communication and marriage. And so I don't know. I, I, I think these devices are, communication devices primarily. I mean, they can't cook. They can't do our taxes. They can't, <laughs> you know, mow the grass. <laughs> they're, they're, they're communication things. So keeping communication outside of technology completely open is, is probably why it's our, our number one tip um, because this is a communication device and we have to get it into our flow as well and get it part of our system. How do we do it? So like what we're talking about here for, for, guidelines and rules is like when you're on the the usage okay you're on facebook like do you have private messages with you know your old high school sweetheart like like what is the guideline there like just as you wouldn't say go to a gym and meet your you know run into your old high school sweetheart and then say hey let's go get a coffee and then have like a two-hour long conversation like how would your spouse feel about that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so like where like where do you go on the internet um where does your mind go where does your thoughts go your emotions mm-hmm. like so 
there's just certain things, places on the internet that you don't go. Like you and your spouse have talked about that and agreed about that. Like there's so many danger places to go. But then also, um, I don't, I, I mean, I don't even know. It's going to be different for every couple. Like what is territory for you or for your spouse that might be getting into something that's going to make the other one not feel like they're your number one yeah. sweetheart. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is boundaries, internet boundaries. What are your internet boundaries um, in regards to uh, what each other is comfortable with? And you have to really be willing to listen, you know, because there are probably things that my husband thinks are no big deal that would bother me and vice versa. Um, but that leads us into tip number two. Yes. So tip number two, com- stay completely open. Like my husband can access and look at anything on my device at any time, any of my passwords. He either knows them or knows where I keep them. And he can look at any, any of my accounts, any of my messages, anything. It's open. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Our email, like he can get into my email. We share an email account, all that. Like anything is open before I'm like, I don't have anything hidden that like, that's a danger sign. So that's my tip number two. Just keep it open. If you wouldn't say it, do it, think it, go there. If he was right next to you, watching, yeah. Mm-hmm. don't say it, think it, do it, go there just because you're on a device. Right. Right. And I would say that that com- stay completely open um, also applies to when you have your conversations. Like if there are things that bother you that you think he might think are silly, be- tell him anyway. Right. Because we each deserve to feel totally comfortable in our relationships because that's where vulnerability comes in. If we want to have a deep relationship with our spouse, we need to be able to be fully vulnerable. And that means we need to have full trust. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of talk about this kind of thing on social media, on the internet. And many people say that, well, you know, if you really trusted your spouse, you wouldn't need all this to know all this. You wouldn't need to know his passwords, et cetera, et cetera. And I disagree. I feel like I trust him because I know that we're completely open with each other. And I want to protect my marriage more than I want anything else. And so we stay completely open at all times for that reason, because it's more important than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the frequency with which my husband and I read through each other's emails and messages is very seldom. Um, but that we can is Mm -hmm. like the openness, the honesty. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. So tip number three, um, also we need to agree on boundaries or guidelines, um, like logistical boundaries and guidelines when it comes to our devices. So for example, phones in the bedroom, do you bring your phones in the bedroom? Um, where do they, where do you charge them? Um, do you take them to church and use them there? Like any number of things that might, uh, make you uncomfortable or make you feel like there needs to be a guideline surrounding them. Yeah. How about date night? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What if you take it on date night, on date night, but it always stays in your pocket or something like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. How about, um, when you're eating? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like a dinner table. Di- yeah. yeah. Family dinner. Yeah, dinner mm-hmm. yeah. So, um, just some, some, something else to talk about communicates a communication device. Let's communicate about this communication device. So these, these physical boundaries, um, like one thing that I don't like, there's so many reasons like why we have a no phones in the bedroom rule, but that device is always listening. <laughs> it has a camera. Okay. I mean, it does. So like, if we're going to have a personal conversation or something, who's listening, 
Yeah. <laughs> Who's watching because the camera and the, you know, you can't say it's not always listening because I know you've talked about Fritos and then you start getting ads for Fritos popping up, right? <laughs> you know it's listening. <laughs> oh. Yeah, so I anyway. don't want it listening in the bedroom, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But also I feel like it affects like your sleep um, mm-hmm. if it's in there and that kind of thing. So there's more than just, you know, the intimacy part. Why I don't want it in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. For sure. Okay. Tip number four, take breaks from technology together. Um, so maybe you're taking a break. That's awesome. Or maybe your spouse is taking a break at a different time. That's awesome. But then just like do a cleanse together. Like in, in the health food world, there's huge benefits of fasting and take, doing cleanses and different things. There's a huge benefit. Take a break from technology. Go So for example, do it in forced one. Go on a whitewater rafting canoe trip and you cannot take your device or it will be lost. <laughs> and do that together and, and, and see what happens to your relationship. Yeah. I love that. I love that. And then be bored together. You know, like I tell my kids when there's no devices around, you know, we are having a device free time. Um, they tell me how bored they are. And I just say, great, let's be bored together. You know, let's be bored and wander around the house and find things to do and get creative. You know, you could do the same thing with your spouse. Um, vacations are a great place to do this. Go to a cabin, preferably where there's no internet service, right. Um, or an amusement park for the day or any number of things, like you say, is a little bit forced can be helpful because there's things to do already. The trick is when you get back home and, and you're trying to unwind from the day, what's the first thing you do? Do you go to social media? Do you go to a dumb game on your phone? Do you go to your email? What, where do you go? Right. And can you eliminate that together? And, and maybe not permanently, but to just kind of get a reset for your relationship. I love that. Okay. So tip number five, have each other's back, watch out for each other and set up ahead of time, a way to discuss danger signs. Okay. So let's say that ahead of time we've said, um, you know, I can tell that you really enjoy playing this game or whatever. And I know that you don't want to waste your time doing that, but I noticed that when you're really stressed out at work, you start playing this game how can I help you with that? Like when I see that you've downloaded a game, do you want me to step in? Do you want me to say something? Or I've noticed that you've been bringing your phone into the bedroom and I know we talked about not doing that. How should we help each other out with these things? Because I have weaknesses too that I tell myself I shouldn't be doing this. I shouldn't be scrolling Instagram again at 1030 at night. So having each other's back can be really helpful to to follow our own rules, right? Yeah, this is so good. And again, I think this goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where um, if you talk about it beforehand, when nobody is um, upset or seeing any warning signs in the others, Mm -hmm. then it can be a completely open sign. And then, you know, just like if it gets to a point where your spouse is talking to you or you're talking to your spouse, just remember that this is like what we agreed on before because we love each other and we want to help each other. Mm -hmm. And we're not like parenting each other. That is such a bad dynamic in a marriage, but like we're, we're caring for each other and we're helping Mm -hmm. each other. And just like if we're on a hike and there was like this really slippery slope and you were starting to fall, I would, I would try to grab you or throw you a stick or, you know, like help you. Yeah. Um, and, and keep that in mind. Like if your spouse comes to you, like it's because they care and because they love you. Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I wanted to mention on this tip too, is that, even beyond just silly things like playing games and scrolling social media, there are real corrosive, poisonous dangers out on the internet. Things like pornography, things like um, emotional affairs. Um, We need to be aware of each other's weaknesses and know that generally when it comes to women, 
our weakness is emotional connection, right? And sometimes we don't get that um, in our marriages if things are unhealthy or we're not making sure our needs are being met. Um, and for men, very often it's visual stimulation. So pornography is often a temptation. So being aware of these things can just help us keep our guards up and always watching to protect this relationship and this person that we love so much. Yes. Yes. All right. Tip number six, use technology for good. <laughs> there are so many ways that you can use technology for good. And so we wanted to include it here. Of course you have it. It's available to you. What about setting up a reminder to at four o'clock, you send your hubby a little text and say, love you. Looking forward to you coming home tonight. Right? That's yeah. there. You're using technology for good. Um, you're using it to improve your relationship. I am sure there are thousands of apps out there that you could download and would help you improve your relationship like in so many different ways. So you, you've got it. You spend time on it. Just do it a little bit for good. How can I use this tool, this communication tool to be a better communicator, to communicate in a more meaningful way with my spouse? Yes, absolutely. One tool I wanted to offer to you guys is an app called Gottman Card Decks. I don't think I've shared this with you guys before, but uh, we really like John Gottman. We've talked about him on other marriage episodes. He's like a, a marriage expert, a therapist, and his app called Card Decks has just basically like what it sounds like, virtual card decks to stimulate conversation in a marriage. So sometimes on a date night, we'll just open this up and we'll open one um, one called date questions. And it's just a way to explore each other. Like, Hey, what did you want to be when you grew up? And just kind of, sometimes I, I actually told my husband this the other day, sometimes when we're on group dates, I learn more about my husband than I do when we're on our dates on our own because he shares things. Um, you know, because somebody else brought up something that I'd never thought to ask. And he, he shares something related to that. And I think you never told me that, you know, so this kind of can stimulate, um, those conversations, especially in a relationship where you've been married or known each other for a long time. Right. So that's a, a really great tool. I also wanted to say that uh, technology in general can kind of get, you know, especially like social media or being bombarded with other people's opinions can kind of get old. I remember um, kind of feeling really burned out by Instagram in particular. I was using it for my business and just was a, a little bit tired of all the negativity I was seeing. And I actually went to an event where a social media uh, popularity, a popular social media person was sharing about her experience in talking about God on social media. And I had gone there thinking, you know what? I think I'm just going to quit Instagram. It drives me crazy. I hate it. <laughs> and she went on to say, just talk a little bit about all the good that she was doing online. And I just thought, wow, I guess maybe I need, just need to change my attitude. Right. And the same thing goes for our relationships. Right. If we feel like it is pulling us apart, look for ways to flip it on its head and get us pulled together. Absolutely. Yeah, that is, the, it, like I said before, technology is not going away. So let's learn to use it in ways that help each other and help our relationship with each other. Um, tip number seven, be sure to model the behavior that you want both your spouse and your kids to follow in regards to technology. And this is so hard. It's the one we never want to talk about, right? <laughs> Just the other day, my son, we finally got my oldest a smartphone. And so I've been kind of like always on edge watching what he's doing, seeing how he spends his time. And the other day we were sitting down to watch a, sh a movie together as a family and he was doing something on his phone. And I said, can you just put that down while we're, while we're, you know, enjoying another screen together. <laughs> and, uh, he brought up the fact that sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'm checking my email while I'm sitting there, you know, bored to tears with a kid's movie. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought, Oh dang it. He's right. 
<laughs> How often do I model really bad technological behavior that I do not want my kids to follow? Yes, yes. And thinking about it here specifically, um, because I have kids that are getting into relationships, older and into relationships and married, like what kind of relationship, technological relationship do I want them to have with their spouse? Or what kind of mm -hmm. relationship do I want them to have with their spouse that involves technology? Because it's going to be there. And um, how can I model for them a healthy relationship that includes technology? Because it's going to be, they won't be the first generation um, navigating marriage and technology. Like, I, I want to have some tips to give them. I want to have modeled good mm -hmm. behavior. I want to share my mistakes that I made and learned from. I remember um, when I first got a smartphone, there was these, um, I was kind of attracted to the word games, like games that, um, yeah, just different word games. I love words. I love, you know, like it wasn't like crosswords, but there's all these different versions of word games. And then when one of my kids got there and, and I kind of worked through that and, you know, got like, I don't do that. It's kind of a waste of my time, even though it's, you know, you know, fun or whatever, <laughs> not unhealthy, not an unhealthy thing to do. Um, or, you know, a bad thing to be doing, you know, words, exercising your brain and all that, but just a time waster. So then one of my kids got their first smart device and here they were doing word games. And I was like, Oh, where'd they learn that from? right here. Mm. They learned it from mom. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um, just, you know, thinking forward to that, where do I, the, where do I want to be in 20 years with my spouse and our relationship with each other? And how do I envision, like, what would be the perfect amount or way that this communication device, I'm going to keep calling it a communication device, <laughs> is used um, between us. Because even though we can do so much with it, it's it's a communication thing. So like, how have I used that to make my relationship with my spouse stronger, um, healthier, better, and can then share that with my kids and pass it on to them. So I don't feel like I have any huge breakthroughs or ideas, but I like want to use more of these tips that we've been talking about myself and um, so I can be a help to others too. Yeah. You know, when we sit down and discuss with our spouse guidelines or things that we think are healthy to follow specifically in our relationship regards to in regards to technology, how dedicated are we to following the guidelines? Like, are we kind of like a, well, you know, we said no phones in the bedroom, but he's not even at home. So it's fine if I just lay in bed and scroll for a while, you know, sometimes we like to be a little bit more lax with ourselves than we are with other people, right? Like I'm always getting on my husband for throwing his so dirty socks on the floor instead of in the hamper. But how often do I throw my, it's not socks, it's pajamas. I hate socks. I don't wear socks, but you know, like, let's be honest is, are they going to want to follow the guidelines when they see our own behavior? Are we uh, treating them as like a non-negotiable, like this is what we agreed on. And so I'm going to honor it. Right. If we want our spouse to do the same, we've got, it's got to start with us. Yes. Yeah, so that's what we have for you guys today. Our thoughts, our, our feelings are kind of navigating ourselves on um, things we've learned and some tips for you guys. If you have any tips that you've learned that have really helped your relationship and navigating technology in your relationship, reach out to us, share them outnumber the podcast at gmail.com or message us on Instagram, comment on any of our posts, comment on YouTube. Um, we want to hear from you guys because we're, this is like a learning thing for us too. And we're taking in all the information that we can 
and learning it too. So we hope this episode has been helpful to you guys. We hope you guys can help us more with that. And we'll talk to you next week. I'm Audrey. I'm Bonnie. And we're outnumbered. Thanks for listening, friends. Click the link in the show notes to subscribe to our email and never miss another episode. Show us some love by leaving a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with a friend. Thanks for all your support. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you.